Buckle up as we launch into the second half of the Counterculture Mom Show. Here's your host, Tina Griffin. Hey everybody, Tina Griffin here, host of Counterculture Mom. This is our final session for the day on the things and issues and topics that are currently happening in our culture that's wrecking havoc on American homes. And I am with someone that's blowing my mind. I even have a chance to interview because Laura Perry, first of all, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) This is a dream come true for me and I'll explain that in a minute. But for those of you tuning in, um, there is a major, major attack on American families in the home. And you are with First Home Ministries. You lived as a transgender for eight years and God redeemed you and got you out of that lifestyle. Praise the Lord. (laughs) I'm I'm so thankful to be here and I'm so thankful for what Jesus has done in me. And we were just talking, I I get blown away by my own story because it's really the story of what he has done. And I thought I was so far beyond any redemption. And yet he pursued me. He pursued you. And we're both thinking, what, you're using us? That is amazing. All we have to do is be obedient. We are, if we would live a lifestyle that God has called us to live and we knew how exciting it would be even with possibly some attack here and there or a Facebook post going down um who cares we're living for the Lord so to dig in deep you have no idea what was rolling around in my brain about four years ago three years ago somewhere in there I don't know about you busy parents but when there's I have a bunch of magazine subscriptions right and they come you're like why do I even order this there's 14 now by the fireplace like I'm never gonna pick that up and read it we're busy parents well no one day my husband's like, I'm taking the kids fishing. Bring some magazines and come watch your kids fish. I'm like, all right, I can do that. So I picked up all of my magazines, plopped down by a lake somewhere in Missouri, and I started reading your story from American Family Journal, I believe it was. And I tears were welling up in my eyes, and I'm like, someday I want to meet this lady, and now four years later you're in front of me. I can't believe it. And I'm interviewing you because your story is phenomenal, so let's dig in. So with that said... Praise the Lord that you are not embarrassed by your story, um, scared to share it, but you're using it for God's glory. It's just amazing. So just to dig right in with the LGBTQ lifestyle and your experience living that for eight years, you were born a female, switched over, and you're going to explain that in a minute, and then, of course, God redeemed you and freed you. What is the most important lesson that you've learned about the trans transgender lifestyle? I think the most important thing I've learned is that um, none of the therapies, the hormones, the surgeries, the affirmations, the names, none of it ever resolved the problem that was on the inside. The deep hurt, the wounds, the reasons I'd rejected myself in the first place. And I didn't know what all those were. I thought I was really born that way. But the reality was I had rejected myself because of, of wounds throughout my life. And, um, and then most of all, I learned that no matter what I'd done to myself, that Jesus Christ can overcome anything that we have struggled with, anything we've done to ourselves, any sin we've been in. He overcame sin and death. And yet we've separated these issues and said, okay, God can overcome anything but these things. This is who we are. But no, Jesus Christ can overcome it all. And he has radically transformed me. I, that is fantastic. And when you said that when you were younger, you were rejecting yourself, your identity as a female. What happened to you that you were denying the fact that you were born female? Well, I had had a, a lot of different experiences that I could point to. 
But I think it started with a very early lie that my mom didn't love me as much as my brother. Um, there were various reasons. We had very different personalities. Um, she also, um, she was always working and doing things for me, but a lot of times she was so busy she didn't want me around. It was I always felt like I was a pest, like I was you know in the way, and she didn't really spend a lot of time with me. And I saw a very different relationship with my brother, who was very quiet, very obedient, much more like her. And it was like, I, but I began to interpret that as a little child, his mom doesn't love me. And so then, you know, uh, I had this lens on that, that mom doesn't love me. And so every little thing that would happen, it was like the devil would reinforce that. See, she really doesn't love you. See, mom does love your brother more. And I found out that my, my mom miscarried two boys between my brother and I. So I started thinking, maybe mom wishes I'd been one of them instead. And how old were you when you had these different thoughts in your head? And did you ever ask your mom about or tell her how you were feeling? whole time? I was about five at the time, and no, I never told her. You know, I, I don't even think I knew how to process it. I was so young, but I just remember various things that would happen. Like, just an example, my mom doesn't even remember this, but it was traumatic to me. I was getting out of the um, our minivan one day, and my brother was ahead of me, and it was one of those doors that didn't close automatically, you know, and he reached behind him and slammed the door, and it hit me right here on the neck, and I was freaking out. I, I was okay, really. But it was, I, I was very, very scared. It hurt, you know, and I, I had this vision of, like, getting my head cut off. And yeah. I was a kid. So I'm telling my mom, and she's like, hurry up, we're late, you know. And it was just like, mom doesn't care. Now, she doesn't even remember that. She's just busy, and she's... But because I already had this belief that mom doesn't love me, see, all these little things were just reinforcing this all the time. So by the time I was a teenager, I hated her. I didn't want anything to do with her. And I really began cutting off the feminine... I didn't want anything to do with being a woman um, because my relationship with my dad was very different. It was like, men are loving, you know? Um, so I think that's why I really cut off the feminine. So what got you from one day, because I don't know much about this topic, I'll be straight up, like when I do school assemblies and I have kids coming up to me, that is the number one question they ask me is exactly what this is. Is it okay to live this lifestyle? What does God say in scripture about this lifestyle, which we can get to, into in a minute? But I have never experienced anyone close living this lifestyle. So were you one day in a woman's body, thinking you want to be a man for all the reasons you just expressed, what was the step you took from going like you are right now to all of a sudden saying, I want some surgeries done, I want to strap this on. I mean, you, you yeah, are yeah. a wrong, real person. Yeah. Take us through the process of how your brain went from, I'm not just going to think about this anymore, I'm going to do it, and then tell us what you did and what happened as a result, the embarrassment yeah. that was entangled in that. Well, I had really fantasized about it all throughout childhood, but I never heard about transgenderism. It was just a feeling that I had. Um, so I think if the culture had been then like it is now, I, I would have been screaming as a child, like, I have to transition this way. But I just kept it all inside. Um, and I'd also been molested at eight. You know, so there was like, um, I was hiding this deep, dark secret, but I became very sexual. I began messing around with other kids. And so I was living a double life. And then it, it reinforced the rejection. Then when I got into high school, I'd become so sexual, and I was deep in porn throughout high school and college and sleeping around with all these guys. And they were just treating me like trash. But because I already had this perception that, being female was bad. Instead of me being angry with men, it made me just think that being female was bad and was like I wasn't valued because I was a woman. And so I began this desperate desire. I was really jealous of men. 
And I, I remember thinking I was so jealous of my brother. I wanted to be him. And I just thought, I finally, when I was 25, I'd been in porn for years and I'd been um, uh, doing like playing virtual sex games and stuff. So I was fantasizing all the time. And I finally got so desperate. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I have to become a man. I can't live this way anymore. And so I, I looked up in Google, girl becoming a boy, just to see, like, does anybody else feel like this? Wow. And I was amazed when all this came up. And I'm like, wow, there are people that actually do this. And I went to a support group. And I, mean, I went from not even having any knowledge of this to going to the support group. And they're like, oh, you are definitely transgender. And they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll tell you how to do this whole process. You don't have to worry about it. And, I was worried I'd never look like a man. Or, oh, don't worry about it. In a year or so, taking hormones, no one will ever know you were a girl. And that's what really hooked me. I was like, I'm, I'm all in. And I didn't want any other opinion at that point. Okay, so digging in deep, the first time we had a Zoom call because you were actually one of our featured authors in a pop culture purchase book we've been working on. The top 21 topics or... I should say, tragedies that happen because pop culture is embracing, glamorizing, endorsing these harmful behaviors, transgenderism being one of them, how it's glamorizing that lifestyle, and you are opening your life up to us with that. Okay, so with that said, I have a tough question to ask you. Can you give the parents an in-depth glimpse at what you went through? You took the hormones. A lot of kids are being illegally taken during school hours today with school counselors to get hormone therapy without their parents' consent, which is insane. Okay, so you took the hormone therapy deal, but physically, you shared a story with several of us on our team when we were talking about the Pop Culture Purge book and how deep do we want to go. What was it like physically trying to live like a man for eight years? As far as I'm talking, you know, down there. If you don't mind me, you know, asking you. No, it really became a living hell. There were so many things I, I had to do that were fake. And I had this fake prosthetic genitalia that I would use. And just things people don't think about. Like um, being at the gym and worried about, it, you know, how do I change clothes without it flying out. And there was a time that... I was taking a shower and I would have to hold still very, very tightly um, to avoid that. And then one time it fell on the floor and I freaked out. Like, what if somebody had seen that? You know, things like that people don't, or me trying to have, um, be intimate with my partner who is also a, a man living as a woman and, and trying to have sex as if I'm the man and he's the woman. You know, it just didn't work. And I was, I was in this constant torture. Uh, or like I would go to um, hockey games or something like any kind of stadium thing where I had to step over people mm -hmm. and I couldn't move certain ways because it would fall out or get really out of place or you know there was just a constant fear of being found out even I got to where I couldn't have conversations with people because you know at first when everybody knew I was trans it was like I wasn't that worried about it. it'd be real one day nobody will know but then once I was really perceived as male and nobody knew the truth I couldn't have conversations without people without going, you know, do they know, you know, do they think I'm a man? And it, it drove me insane. And then you didn't feel accepted when you were a woman, living as a woman, and then you change over as a man the best you could. And you also now are feeling, are they going to still love me, accept me if they would ever find out I'm really a woman trying to be a man or a transgender or whatever's rolling around in, in your head. And then also we have pop culture influencing millions of young people today with the entertainment they watch 
the apps they're on, TikTok videos, um, a lot of graphic lyrics and songs, um, billboards, movies, all of it that is sharing that message. Here you go down that road thinking, I'm finally going to feel like I have my true identity. And then you realize you're there going through all the eight years of hormone therapy and physical changes to your body and realizing this still is not making you happy like you thought it would. How did the Word of God grab a hold of your heart and change you back to your true identity, which I'm now personally viewing in front of my face, no longer just from a magazine article. This is amazing. Yeah, it was such an incredible, an incredible miracle, really. My parents and many people in the church and in their Bible studies were praying, um, and they were, my mom said she was just praying that God would draw me back like a magnet. And all throughout those years, they didn't realize that God was answering their prayers the whole time. It was like this little breadcrumb trail God was laying out, of, you know, just just nudging me one little bit at a time, revealing himself to me. And he never came at me with this condemning, you know, it was always like he was revealing himself to me. Uh, but at one point, my mom had asked me to make a website for her Bible study. And it was so funny because for years she would tried to fix me. And the Lord was very clear with her. Um, he said one night... Um, she said uh, she was trying to figure out how to help God out. You know, he, she could see him working on me. And it was like, well, I'm going to speed this up. I can do this. and I, I'm going to encourage this. And the Lord said, Francine, only one of us is going to work on her. If you want to work on her, I'll go sit down. But if you want to work, if you want me to work on her, you go sit down. You get in the Word. You work on your relationship with me. And I will work on Laura. And that's a promise you made to her. So she really was hands off. She genuinely just needed the website. It wasn't even her idea. Some of the ladies in the Bible study wanted the website in case she was they were out of town or whatever. So as I started working on it, I thought I would summarize the lessons. And as I did, you know, for the website, so as I did, I began to read them. I didn't know the power of the Word of God. I'd heard it all my life. I grew up in church. I was in Bible drill. I was in Christian school. But the Holy Spirit began to move on my heart. And so as I began to read these lessons, God began really revealing himself to me, his character, who he was. You know, and I just became fascinated with this God that I was hearing about because all I'd heard was all the rules and the stories and all of a sudden, like God was encountering me. And I became so curious and began calling my mom and asking her questions about what she was learning. And one day I realized that she had been transformed. She wasn't the mother that I grew up. You know, she told, she'll tell you in her own story that she was kind of this legalistic Pharisee. She was working so hard in her own flesh to please God. Like, just be as busy as she can, do everything she could possibly fit into her day. But she never really had that relationship. But now she was full of faith and peace. I mean, the transformation in her heart was incredible. And so I said, Mom, what's happened to you? And she began to explain to me how the Holy Spirit had transformed her. So as I saw the change in the mother, it was like, I knew the gospel was true. Like, I could see, like, Christ is alive. This isn't just like a dead religion. Absolutely. Yep. And so I wanted that. So I gave my heart to Christ, you know, and I thought I was going to be a man of God. I was so, I was radically changed. There was no denying. A man denying. of God. A yes. man of God. And, but, and had you only known. I know. It was amazing. There was no questioning that I'd been saved. I was radically changed. I was so in love with the Lord. And I was like, I'm going to be an evangelist. I'm going to be a man of God. And I just had all these. But God began to pursue me. It's like he saved me. I didn't have to clean myself up for him. But... And I really was repentant. I just didn't know what I was going to do about this lifestyle. I thought I was stuck that way. I thought, I, 
So he began to convict me, but it was like, okay, God, I realized that wasn't your will. I'm really sorry. But Help let's me. move on, right? No, so how long of a process <laughs> was it? Were you having a heart attack when all of a sudden the, the blinders came off? You're yeah. like, hang on a second. I, can I be a woman again? Like, how do I do this? How long of a period of time? And what did you start yeah. doing first to go from man back to a woman? Well, it, was, it was about a year and a half. And honestly, I didn't know what to do about it. Every time I got convicted, I would say, God, I, I realize that wasn't your will. I'm sorry. And I was just repenting over and over. But I didn't know how to fix it. And the Lord came to me one night and he said, if you stood before me tonight, what name would I call? I wow. Because be, yeah. your name is Laura. Yeah. Then you went to? J uh, Jake. Jake. Yeah. And then back to Laura. Yeah. So what was your answer to God? Well, at first I said, that's not fair. I said, <laughs> I said I, I've repented of this. I know I shouldn't have done this, but I'm stuck this way. I've had these surgeries. I've been on these hormones. I've maimed my body. And I have... Like, I, I really felt like it was permanent and there was no way to go back. And so I just wanted to move on. I'm like, I'm not claiming to be trans anymore. Let's just, like, move on and pretend I didn't do this, you know. But I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And he reminded me of John chapter 1 where it says, Jesus Christ himself is the creator. He said, you can't claim to love me and yet reject my creation. And I thought I was being condemned because I had no... I, I didn't even have any concept of me being a girl again. It wasn't even on my radar. And he said... Um, but in the most loving voice I've ever heard in all my life, he whispered to me and he said, let me tell you who you are. Wow. And that, that's, that's what <laughs> began to free me because I realized then, no matter what I'd done to myself, no matter what I called myself, no matter what I'd done to my body, I was still who God created me to be. And I think I realized at that moment that I wasn't just here because of biology, because of my parents. I was here because God created a specific person that he had in mind. And that, but I still didn't know how to fix it. So over the next few months, I began to really wrestle. And when I couldn't come up with any solution, because I didn't understand the power of God working in me that he wanted. All I knew was me, you know, fixing myself for God so he'd be happy. Wow. You know. So what but, did you, what was your first step that you did? Let, I'm, here I yeah. say, letting, that you did. Yeah. What is the first thing you allowed God to do in your life to get you back to who he created you to be? Well, it really was, like, I got desperate. I begged the Lord for two months to take my life because I saw no way out. And I finally pictured myself in this deep, dark pit I couldn't get out of. And I, um, he said, it's out of Matthew 16, 24. He said, if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake shall find it. But what does it profit a man to give the whole world and he forfeit his own soul? You just gave me chills. And I just, me chills. It changed my life because I realized then I could make a decision and I could hang on to this because of my feelings, because of everything that I believed inside and lose it all for eternity. Or he was saying, you can come and follow me. He didn't tell me how to fix it all. He didn't say, this is what your life's going to look like. He said, come and follow me. I had a clear vision of him getting down on one knee. He reached his hand into the pit that I was in and said, do you trust me? And he literally asked me to walk away from it all. He told me to go home and live with my mom and dad and, you know, stop wearing the men's clothes. And that was all he told me. And I didn't did you know do what, that pretty much yeah. right away? Like, who's yeah. going to say, oh, yeah, right, you're really not. Right. And, and after all that, say, I'm going to listen to you later. Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned something earlier prior to this that Christian radio broadcasting Christian programs really helped you as well. Can you share how that helped you with your walk in the Lord and finding and discovering who you were meant to be? 
Yeah, I had been listening to uh, Christian radio for years. Or actually, it started with conservative radio. My partner, of all people, was um, one of only two or three I've ever met in the lifestyle that were uh, conservative. And um, so we started um, talking about politics a lot. I was amazed how he could stand against the whole culture. And he didn't care what people thought about it. And that was so radical to me. So I started listening. For years, I'd been listening to conservative radio. And then all of a sudden, I started hearing a little more about God, and a little more, and a little more. And I started to hear, uh, there's a man named Dr. Everett Piper, who's become a good friend since then. And he said on the radio one day, we are not just made up of our instincts, our feelings, and our inclinations. We're made in the image of God, and we can choose our behavior despite how we feel. So you definitely, that is amazing. And people tuning in, you definitely want to listen to conservative and Christian radio. Yeah. That will help. But I know people tuning in right now, from wherever you're at, if you are living the transgender lifestyle, this has to be asked because I can just feel people screaming out saying, ask for that. Um, what would you say to the person living that lifestyle or has a child that's living that lifestyle and they want to biblically address the LGBT attack on our families in a way that honors God, brings that person to truth in love? Because a lot of times we have truth, but it's hammered down and in your face and people aren't going to tune into that. They're not going to want to listen to you. Or the opposite, all love, but no truth. How can the person tuning in right now that wants to help their son or daughter or help themselves, what can they do to address biblically this LGBT attack? I think the most important thing is to make sure that you have a solid relationship with Christ first. We can't give away what we don't have. Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. If we're going to give people living water, it has. To, we have to be so filled with the Holy Spirit that it just flows out of us. Because my parents tried for years um, to fix me, and they were so focused on my sin and the problem. But once they, they got so in love with Jesus Christ that it just began to spill out of them. And then when they were no longer focused on me and everything I was doing, it was like they just drew me to him. But they also were able to... Um, they were able to speak to this issue and the Lord would give them the opportunity. And they said it in such love and compassion. They were no longer angry at me, you know. This was like, no, we, we really want to help you. So there were times that they spoke about the issue specifically, but most of the time they just talked about Christ. And they would say, you know, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. And that's what I... So remember that the gospel's the answer. It's the Lord that will fix them. So yes, when we're faced with these questions... You know, we can try and help people, but um, if somebody's lost, if they don't know Jesus, the, the gender is not the primary issue. It, it's not the root of the problem. It's the fruit of the problem. Absolutely. And I, I need to have you on for 10 more shows because you were absolutely fantastic. It is a joy and a pleasure to be seeing you in front of me. I'll tell you that much right, right now. Your message has to get out to the masses. Parents tuning in, you heard what Laura Perry said. Thank you for jumping on the show today. Yeah. For, I want to give you a plug for your website. Thank you. It is. <laughs> it's the and same as you, the book title. Can, yes. And let me just show everybody what that is. Yeah. Transgender to transformed.com. Mm -hmm. You definitely want to check yeah. out that website. You write about all these topics. She does not sugarcoat this. It is you being Ron Real for America to see, for the globe to see. And I greatly appreciate that. So you have a book, this book, Transgender to Transformed. You have to get it. We have um, transgendertotransform.com. Check out the show notes surrounding this, wherever you're tuning in, watching, listening. And you definitely have, a, uh, they have to check out this documentary you have. It's called In His Image. Yeah. So check out In His yeah. Image. I saw that and I had chills. Check it out. 
Uh, make sure you also download the Counterculture Mom app where you will see all of our content underneath the Featured Educators section. Yay! <laughs> Thank you for writing you. and being yeah. a part of our team and, yeah. and for helping to change hearts in America to get our kids on track, living who they were destined to be, not yeah. who pop culture a bad situation with their parent when they were a child or anything else in between tries to tell them that they should be the opposite gender. And let's lovingly share truth to the masses in that topic. Laura, any final words of wisdom? I, I just want to encourage anybody that's struggling. I know how hard this was. This I thought I was going to die. It was so hard. And yet Jesus never failed me the entire time. And he is so trustworthy. You can trust him and he will transform your life. All right, transform, and you are yeah. living proof of that. Yeah, lady. amen. All right, yeah, let's go get yeah. this. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Share this program. I'm your host, Tina Griffin, Counterculture Mom Show. Until next time, go out there and make a difference. Stay tuned for our last action-packed episode with Hollywood insider Tina Griffin on K-Praise. Right after this. People don't know that the Federal Reserve and IRS are privately owned, turning people into debt slaves. Why do the rich get richer and the poor get poorer? Wealthy people know the laws that govern money. That is why Right On Radio started an online school teaching how to create wealth through stewardship. Learn the three simple secrets of the elite that have worked for centuries. Visit rightonyou.podia.com. That's right on the letter u.podia, spelled P-O-D-I-A.com. Start creating wealth today. Save 40% by using promo code tina by now you've all heard about my pillow and how it's literally changed people's lives for a limited time get a queen size premium my pillow for 29.98 regularly 69.98 kings are only five dollars more go to mypillow.com and use promo code tina spelled t-i-n-a for up to 66 percent off you will also get deep discounts on all my pillow products including the giza dream bed sheets the my pillow mattress topper and my pillow towel sets visit mypillow.com with promo code tina for up to 66 percent off That's T-I-N-A.